0: this is a podcast by wellhouse church where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon what's going on bible lovers we are talking about paul and the jewish leaders in rome
1: you changed it you called them bible lovers not bible nerds oh i did didn't i I'm not saying I hated it. I'm just no- I kind of like it. Um, well, you know.
0: It's beer lovers, not beer nerds. Yeah. That's where I got confused. Yeah,
1: you just mixed them. You just mixed them. You haven't been fun. on that podcast in a hot minute either.
0: No, I haven't.
1: Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Today, we talk about Paul in Rome starting to have some conversations if you watch the story from today, my entire premise of, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're filming it the night before, but (coughs) excuse me. Um, the story, I made my primary point to be about respectful conversations Mm. specifically because tomorrow is election day. Um, And so, it only makes sense that we would look at a text like this about having conversations and try to ask the question, what would I do if I was in a precarious situation and I needed to have a conversation like this? Because realistically, when we actually get into the text, you'll realize that there's really no new information here. No. There's a little bit of new information about how the Jews in Rome respond because they're a character we've not gotten to see in the story yet. Sure. But outside of that, everything else is Paul repeating the same stuff over and over and over again uh, or like repeating what we've seen in the last two chapters um, in a real concise way. But the value of this is watching how Paul conducts himself as a representative of Christ – using respectful conversations to approach and solve his problems. Correct. And so that is what he does. Um, Paul gets to Rome and the text tells us in verse 16 that he gets to live by himself with a soldier that's guarding him. Um, And then verse 17 says, three days later he called together the local leaders of the Jews. When they had assembled, he said to them, brothers, Though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors, yet I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. So my boy Paul gets in Rome, and he takes about three days. I can't decide if I think that's a literal three days or a figurative three days. Yeah. So if it's a literal three days, it's like three days and it doesn't really mean anything in the text, Mm. right? It could be like, Paul waited some days. It's like, oh, okay. But if it's three days, it could be ancient numerology that's suggesting some prayerful days because three is the divine number. right? So it could be after some days of prayer. This would be an acceptable thing to do in ancient biography writing. Like it, it wouldn't be out of character to be like, "Hey, it's not three literal days; it's a number of prayerful days." Like that would that would be an acceptable way to read that. I can't decide which way I want to read it. There are some commentators on both sides, but some time later. Mm-hmm. which I imagine Paul is in prayer during this time. His life literally hangs in the balance. That's right. why I want to read it as a prayerful three days uh, because his life hangs in the balance, and we know Paul to be a person of prayer.
0: It also could just be a literal three days. It very Paul much spends It very in much could.
1: Uh, yeah, it could be. Paul spends three literal days in prayer. It could also be that.
0: Yeah, who knows? It's intentional so, time that he takes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After some time... He calls together the local leaders of the Jews. Why might he do that, Clayton?
0: Because he's essentially running from the Jews already. Uh, so why would where he, he
1: came? So why would he go to Jews?
0: Uh, because he knows he's going to have to face them at some point. Let's have this conversation now.
1: Does he have to face them? He's on trial for Rome, like he's on trial in yeah, Rome, in his, the empire. They're
0: his people.
1: Yeah, but it's Judea Right, right, right. That's brought the charges against him And he's been there three days If they wanted to find him, they could
0: have But they've also probably heard some stuff already
1: Ah, okay I'm glad you said that Why do you think they've heard some stuff already?
0: Because while things did not travel the way that they do now Because of, you know, media Jews are pretty tight-knit Jews know Jews And Jews communicate with Jews and Paul is a big figure in Jewish life. I bet you they probably, they probably heard some stuff about him already. You're about to
1: find out. Yeah. So he calls them together, and when he has them assembled, he says, Brothers, though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our ancestors. Okay, let's talk about this. Nothing to our people. So, I didn't harm our people. And I had done nothing against the customs of our ancestors.
0: Essentially, I didn't break the law.
1: I didn't break Torah, I didn't break the law. That's a huge statement. Mm-hmm. Yet, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans when they had examined me, they being the Romans, the Romans wanted to release me because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. Now remember, the Jews in Rome want him killed. I mean, the Jews in Jerusalem want him killed. Mm -hmm. So they're seeking the death penalty. And Paul says, after they examined me, they didn't think I merited being killed. But when the Jews objected, So these Jews in Jerusalem have a personal vendetta against one of their own, Paul the Jew, and so bad that even when they subject themselves to the authority of the Roman Empire to try Paul, they try Paul and say, hey, we don't find anything wrong with this guy. They object again. It is not enough. They have a fascination with trying to end Paul's life. And I think it has something to do with the charismata that he has, right? Um,
0: it, feels very, it feels very messianic.
1: Messianic, conspiratorial. Yeah, it has all of those same things. Um, for sure, it is a mirroring of the Jesus story, mm-hmm. for sure. There's no way you, you cannot read it that way. So the Jews objected, or sorry, 19. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to the emperor, even though I had no charge to bring against my nation. You remember the Jesus thing you were talking about? Mm -hmm. Okay. So remember, they're calling him for the death penalty. Rome finds him not guilty of anything. And so Paul appeals to the emperor. But then he says, even though I had no charge to bring against my nation, sure he could. There's lots of things we've seen the Jews do wrong, especially according to Roman Empire law. Yeah, he could have. But what's that prophecy about Jesus? That he, he might be blightless. silent, that he might be silent before his accusers? Mm oh, so Paul doesn't bring an accusation before his accusers. He has no charge to levy against them, even though he's merited in some. Mm. Because remember, Paul thinks he's on trial for his belief in the resurrection. The Pharisees believe in a resurrection, resurrect, a general resurrection of the dead, like an Ezekiel mm. 37 kind of resurrection. The Sadducees, another... Jewish sect that is Jewish leaders they don't
0: yeah.
1: Paul absolutely has charges he could levy against them
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he chooses not to because he's imitating the life of Jesus verse 20 for this reason because of all this nonsense Therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you. So, Clayton, let me ask you a question. Sure. If you had lived Paul's life up to this point, you know a lot about Paul's life. I'm a nerd on Paul. I've probably taught you more about Paul than you ever cared to learn combined with what you already knew before I started talking to you about Paul. You know a lot about Paul's life. Yeah,
0: probably too much.
1: If you had lived Paul's life and you just arrived in Rome, are the Jewish leaders of the Roman Empire the guys you're asking your guard to go get? Nah. I don't think so. I think I'm trying to get some Christians. I'm trying to get some people to help care for me. I'm trying to get some people around me to calm my anxiety. Right? I'm my trying life, to find friends. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to find safe places.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm finding allies. Yeah, for sure. Because my entire life, if I'm Paul... My entire life has been uh, about the other people, right. even down to when I was the Pharisee killing the other people. Yeah, uh, my entire life has been about the other people, and this is the time that I need the 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 we.
1: Yeah, Paul agrees with you. Paul actually agrees with you. The difference is he chose a different we. Mm. His we is with his Jewish community. Look at the rest of verse 20. So picking up where uh, we'll just start in the beginning. For this reason, therefore, I've asked to see you and speak with you. Since it is for the sake of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. Mm. Paul went to the Jews because Paul believes that he is a Jew. Paul believes that. That the gospel in his own mm. words is to the Jew first and then the Gentiles. Yeah, Paul is a Jew. Do not ever let someone tell you that Paul is not a Jew and doesn't any longer want to be a Jew. Paul fought to his last dying breath trying to be a Jew. These are his people if you ask Paul.
0: So if you've been around here long enough, you know we don't, We're not normal Christians. (laughs) I'm sorry, but we're not. We're not. Uh, That is funny, but we're not. Whatever you want to put in the quotations of normal, um, we're not that. (laughs) (laughs) We're not that. Um, And we're very vocal about that. And honestly, sometimes probably a little bit too vocal and too... Uh, harsh on the quote, normal.
1: Yeah, I wear it as a badge of honor and like a scarlet letter on my chest that I am proud to wear.
0: Yeah, um, sometimes I, I will admit, I do believe that it's problematic. Um,
1: yeah, me too. But you know, sometimes- no, 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 no,
0: no. But if it's problem, it's problem. Uh, the people that are coming at Paul, that are persecuting Paul, he is identifying with. Much like Jesus? Much like Jesus.
1: Uh-huh. Remember that? Yeah. 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 yeah much yeah, yeah. like it, Jesus. It, it's very
0: much a, a parallel storytelling of Jesus. It, it for sure is. I, I never saw that until this series, but it totally is.
1: Well, it, um, it grounds what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11. Be an imitator of me as I am of Christ.
0: Sure. Um, and if Paul and Jesus both are identifying with the people that are persecuting them. Yeah. Should we not also do the same? And I know a lot of our listeners believe the same way we do. Yeah. We've attracted people from this content. Yeah. That feel the way that we do. Yeah, it's true. There's a bunch of people that feel the, the way that we do. We need to be careful not to be so far in the other direction. Excuse me. That we... We need to be so far in the not in the other direction that we end up trying to be something different. Not that different is bad, but that we end up crapping on and being the same thing just in the other direction.
1: You're right. You're right. We do, and I, I think that's a great transition back to the main point of what Paul says to them, is that I'm here for hope. Mm. I'm here for the sake of the hope of Israel. Yeah. Um,
0: I I'm with you. Paul stands. But we before- need so Martin Luther is I think is a great. Example here. I'm I with gotta, you. Yeah. I stand with you. I just think we need to reform something. I think yeah, we need got, to change something.
1: things. I got a dream of how this can be better.
0: Yeah. we, we there, There's some issues that we need to fix.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's Paul's thing, right? Paul's like, hey, look, the Jesus character fits in our story. Mm-hmm. Like, this is our story, and we're just like, you're giving it to everybody except us, which... To the Jew first, right? It's God's yeah. chosen people of Israel sure. throughout the Old Testament. To the Jew first, then the Gentile. Um It's about hope mm. for Paul. Like it's about a hope with his people. Um so yeah, absolutely. I just don't want us to
0: write off the the normal Baptists. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like in, in the normal Christian. Yeah. Because Paul didn't
1: do that. Right. Right. You're so right. Now, remember what you said earlier? That you thought they'd probably heard some stuff about Paul? Yeah. Would you please read verse 21 for me?
0: They replied, We have received no letters from Judea about you. Oh, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken spoken anything evil about you.
1: They're not talking. they not. Clayton, what kind of people don't talk about big major things going on in their life? Like, if you were a Jew, and you had other Jews in other places, and you were looking for an ally, your Jews in Rome where you're about to go have this trial where you're levying charges against the guy might be a natural ally. Yeah. Why would you not reach out to them? I don't know. Because what you're doing might not be received well by them? Ooh. If you have a coup going on? That is actually not backed by anything. They are impartial. They don't share your biases. They don't share your hatred. They don't share mm-hmm. your fears.
0: So here, here, here is a conversation that I was having with someone uh, not too long ago. How do you know what to believe? Um, this might actually be a series for Let's Talk um, later on. How do you yeah. know what to believe? Um here is here's the idea, even the Jews, the people that we look to uh in like f- the the legality of Christianity were divided Pharisees and Sadducees mm-hmm. Those well and
1: that you also have the Essenes, which are another group mm. the a third group that are talked about a little bit in some of the gospels um and then you also have this other category that's just called the zealots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which can be Pharisees. Paul calls himself a, a zealot in Philippians three, and he's a, as a as a Pharisee, he calls himself a zealot. But there are other just natural zealots, and then there are also other sects. Like Jesus was a Nazarene, mm. um, John the Baptist a Nazarene. Those are sects. Of Ju- or sorry, Nazarite. Yeah, those are sects of Judaism. Yeah, uh, yeah. There are many, many different little sects and pockets of any community.
0: Sure, and and with that, how do you know what to believe? You kind of got to trust yourself.
1: It's about your autonomy, right? And and, you, at least,
0: yeah. like that's how I feel. That's how I believe. Yeah, uh, is like.
1: That's clearly how they do too. They have no problem telling the other people to go F themselves.
0: No. And and that seems to be what Paul's communicating here. Right. Is that, or that these Jews are communicating here. We didn't know anything.
1: Yeah. Nobody's told us anything. So
0: like, we get to make this up for ourselves now.
1: Right. And look how they respond. Read verse 22.
0: But we would like to hear from you what you think for with regard to this sect, we know that Everywhere it, has, it is spoken against.
1: So they've not heard about Paul. They've heard about Christians, mm-hmm. which they call a sect of their own. So they approach it as, hey, a sect of our own is about to go on trial. Um, and we would like to hear what you think. Mm. Their solution to something that's been whispering in the backgrounds mm is to hit it head-on with a respectful conversation. Now, we did an entire series that you outlined on Let's Talk, which I referenced in the stories, about respectful conversations. I would encourage each and every person listening to this to go listen to that. It's a fantastic series if you're interested in having respectful conversations. Um, my challenge... to our listeners in this election season is the beginning of verse 22. But we would like to hear from you what you think. I think foundational premises number one of our respectful conversation series is you have to be willing to listen.
0: Mm, That.
1: You have to be willing to listen to what someone else might say. You have to be willing to have a conversation in which your voice is not the predominant voice. Um, that is a respectful conversation and we are going into election week tomorrow. We will be at the voting station or some of you will, if you didn't early vote, go vote. Um, go vote, go vote. We will be. We will be having conversations and and these are local elections, these are midterms, these are a different kind, these these sit a little closer. Now they're less they have less turnout because it's not the senior office, but local elections, local politics is where you change the world. Um and so people get real passionate about it. And Wallhouse Church, my charge to you is please approach these conversations. With a listening attitude.
0: And can we get a little bit more specific? Not just with a listening attitude. But we have people that listen that I'm sure are in the middle. We also have people on the extremes. The people in the middle listen to both sides. If you are on the extreme, you have to be willing to listen to the other people on the other extreme. And that is a listening attitude. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I hear you, but actually hear, actually sit.
1: Actually wrestle.
0: Actually think about it, which is hard. I get it. I struggle with it, too. I also know that it makes me a better human. And that's not to, to, like, whatever, make myself seem better. But I am admitting that it's hard.
1: Well, it is very hard. And, and here's a great example. I can't spend too much, long, too much time on this because I know we're already over. Yeah. But um, I went to, I've went to seminary twice over. I have three degrees, in, or I'm about to get a third degree in Christian studies and theology. I, got a lot, I know a lot of people got a lot of contacts in this world. And a lot of people that wanted to be pastors and things in this world. Here's what I learned. By and large, um, over the last 40 years, the median age of a pastor of a church has increased by 10 years. We now have older pastors that will not turn the pulpit over to younger guys. Uh and so the younger guys that want to do work, want to do justice work, want to do ministry, they can't find it in the church. So where do they find it? In social justice and nonprofit initiatives. And here's what happens: it's astounding. Like 78% of people that went to seminary and went in those spaces that went into like nonprofit or parachurch ministry, um, they end up entering into what we now call deconstruction. Hmm. You know why that is? Because they got their boots on the ground with people actually hurting and quit listening to the white dude at the top telling everybody how the world worked. When they got hands on the ground, when they got to look people in the eyes and see their struggles, when they got to see their pain, when they had to listen to their stories and the way the system screwed them over, They began to see a broken system. They began to see things differently because they listened. They saw. They cared. That's listening.